This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Rolling right along into hour two of the show. Austin Norman, Eric Strickland with you for another hour here on the program. We'll be joined in about 25 minutes or so by voice of the Kansas City Royals, Jake Eisenberg, to talk some Kansas City Royals. I'm excited for that. Talk uh, big money extension for Bobby Witt Jr. The outlook of the team, maybe some new stadium as well. Big thanks to Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul for sponsoring our show. Big thanks to uh, Good Sense by the venue for lunch today. Good Sense Friday is always a hit here at the office. Um, Stricky, let's just dive right into the news of the weekend, though. We got Husker men's basketball hosting the Penn State Nittany Lions. Maybe not the, the prettiest series in terms of men's basketball in Big Ten history. We've seen some ugly games between these two teams, both at the Bryce Jordan Center and here at Pinnacle Bank Arena in Lincoln. As I look at Penn State, Strick, I see a familiar team. Not because we know any of the names, but I see a familiar overview. A new coach comes in and immediately has to replace all five starters. Mike Rhodes comes from VCU, replaces Micah Shrewsbury, who uh, jetted out to South Bend to coach Notre Dame. Penn State has been a, a tournament team and a fringe tournament team for most of the last, you know, four or five years at the end of Pat Chambers' tenure and then also into Shrewsbury's tenure. Mike Rhodes really had to start from scratch, and I think he's got a little bit better of, of a foundation late in year one, thanks to bringing some players, A, with him from VCU, and B, just how talented Ace Baldwin the fourth is. Yeah, they, they've just got... You, you just got to kind of get your foot on the ground. Like you're saying... The new rules and the changes of the rules allow for so much in the hindrance of a team more so than the addition that a team could have with a new coach coming. Right. Mm. Usually, usually you were you were in a lot of cases, the big beneficiary of a team where someone's making a leap or making a jump and going to a better conference, a better team, or whatever the case may be, they've still got some leftover talent there. But the new rules kind of hinder that a little bit because a lot of players are are smart, right? So mm-hmm. if you're a Penn State player and Shrewsbury goes over to Notre Dame, who knows you better than Shrewsbury? So guess what? Nobody. You're able to dip, jump in the transfer portal, and roll out. If you sat down with Shrewsbury and he feels good about it, guess who's going to be the beneficiary of that transaction? It's going to be Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not that it always works out, but as far as the fact that you don't have as much to do when you get there as opposed to whoever is coming. So whether they're coming with a, a cachet of nice, talented players maybe those players are not necessarily a fit for the style of play for the conference that you're coming to Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to do work and it takes time it takes time to Mm -hmm. get the type of players that you want for the style that you want to play in the new place that you're going to be that's all that's just the thing so mike rhodes bringing his players with him and ace baldwin is a big deal 
um, Nicholas Kern as well. You also look strict at, at Kanye Cleary. He's a gunner. He'll get shots up pretty good at it. He leads him in scoring at 16.7 points. But you also get some transfers from North Carolina into Marco Dunn and Puff Johnson. I think for Penn State, this is that learning curve year, right? They're taking it on the chin a little bit. But we talk about, you know, wanting to see signs of growth in a team through the end of the year. Penn State's only got two road wins this year, but their two road wins are on the road in conference play. They run, they won at Rutgers and they also won at Indiana, right? Now, this was before Rutgers um, got some players back. It's Indiana who's been sliding, but that's two more road wins than Nebraska has. So even though Penn State's below 500, Nebraska can't sleepwalk into this one and just expect to waltz away with a victory. Yeah, no doubt about it. You you know, uh, there's a saying out there, uh, F around and find out. Mm-hmm. You know, don't listen. This is what we talk about, about banking wins, right? You've got somebody coming in your home. You can start smelling yourself. Yeah, 15 and one, uh, you know, at home. You have an opportunity to go 17 and one and, and really break some records, so forth and so on, and do some things that, a lot of Nebraska teams haven't done in quite some time, but at the end of the day, this team, every team is, is, is looking for something signature to wrap their hands around it, going into the end of the season to get on a run, to maybe do a, do something and, and break the mold and jump into the tournament by way of winning the, the big eight tournament and getting hot at the right time can facilitate that. I know that better than anybody, you know what I mean? So so that's the thing you want to be fearful of, not scared of it, not scared of the moment, but you've got to go out and play Nebraska style basketball that you've been playing at home. Don't don't start relying on things or changing up and don't let your assist numbers go from 18, 15, 16 that you've been getting down to 10. Now you're on jack mode, uh, pause. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you got all that going on. So that's what I don't want to happen with this game. And it's it's one of those things that, don't overlook because you mess around and find out. You absolutely will. Strick, this is uh, the third time this year Nebraska will have had a week off between games. They had a week between Cal State Fullerton and Creighton. Nebraska didn't respond well in that Creighton game. Came out a little flat. You look at the next week between games, Michigan State, a 77-70 to 70 win for the Huskers. You had a week off before you traveled down to the Little Apple to take on Kansas State in Manhattan. I wouldn't say Nebraska necessarily played well in that Kansas State game, but they played well enough to win. You know, they limited Kansas State. They, they attacked the glass. They get out of there with a 16-point road win. As you look at this week off that Nebraska's had um, since Michigan, did it come to good time for the team? And how did they avoid, you know, being lethargic and lazy and, and you know, effing around and finding out, like you said? Um, I, I would say you you would be able to tell it in practice. Um, mm. practice, you know what I mean? It, it does. Yeah. It, 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 you would be able to tell, like if you dangled the carrot, which I don't know if Fred, uh, Hoiberg or, or the staff did, if you dangled the carrot and you gave them those two days and then you saw the first two days of practice were, were bad without a, a significant climb out of that, then you're worried. You're worried if you're a coaching staff about what could possibly happen in this game. Um, there's only so much you can do as a coach to motivate a team to to do what they need to do. And that's where preparation takes over, Austin. Preparation comes over and, and, and kicks in when guys 
things go sour or it's not good or uh, not positive or a lot of negative things are happening. It's the preparation and what you prepared for uh, prior to that is what kicks in and hopefully will propel you to, to a win. I, we just don't know. And, and however much Fred and the crew wants to try to pump and prime them, you can only do so much. It's got to be them at some point in time. That's totally fair. We're talking Huskers and Nittany Lions. It's an 11 o'clock early tip-off, too, uh, after a week off, right? Get up, get going, get after it early, and then kick your feet up the rest of the day and watch college basketball. Should be another good, exciting slate on the way. Um, Strick, Nick and I were talking about this a little bit, but the week off, where it falls in the schedule, I kind of like it, right? Nebraska hasn't had a chance to sit back and enjoy like a win over a Purdue or a Wisconsin Nebraska played 14 conference games before everyone else in the conference. Now they get a week off to kind of hit reset, to get some practice in, to, to do some self-scout, do some opponent scout. They'll have another week off too between the final home game against Rutgers and the final road game against Michigan. I know you don't like to throw the rhythm off in the middle of the season, but given uh, Jawan being banged up, given Rink Mass recovery from his knee injury, the, the minutes load that Bryce Casey, CJ, even Sam to some degree have had to play, plus a week off for your guy Eli Rice, right, to, to recover and hopefully get back on the court. I really like the timing of this quote-unquote bye week for Nebraska basketball as it prepares for the stretch run of these six games. I like it too. And and, and to be honest, I would prefer it at the end of the season than in the early parts of the season, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, I'm just being honest. Uh, this is the time where legs get weary. Uh, mm-hmm. Games get more compounded in, in usually on the downslide as opposed to towards the middle. So the fact that you you now can assess the teams that not only you're going to be playing against coming up, or you can also assess internally some things that you maybe wanted to implement or work on, or throw some extra wrinkles. You got time. You got you got two weeks of time to throw a couple of extra things out there and and prepare even more for when you want them down down the road like you can actually just say hey we're just gonna we're gonna look at this we're gonna take a look at it and see how it is we're not gonna use it but just just know this is something that we're gonna probably throw in a defense some form of a trap or some form of something that could throw a team off that in the late late uh uh, parts of a game could actually help to give you and propel you to get a win it can throw you into a run uh, a late run that can help you to to get a win and walk out of maybe a road game that you're going to need. So I think mm-hmm. I like I like it. I like it, the timing of it as well. Another thing that's come to mind, especially with the stretch run looming for me, Strick, is glue guys and X factors. I think if you look at Mass, Tominaga, and Williams, those are Nebraska's quote unquote stars. As much as Nebraska has them, they're the big name guys that you expect to to play well every night. I know they haven't, but I think those are the big names that are top on the scouting report. To me, as I look at a glue guy, it's Juwan Gary, where Nebraska needs his contributions, can depend on him uh, pretty well night in, night out. But when I look at uh, even Sam Hoiberg, I guess, would be a glue guy. Where I come to the X-factor differentiation is a guy who can make or break Nebraska. If he's hot because other guys are covered and he's picking up the scoring slack for Nebraska, they have a good shot. If other guys are being covered and this player isn't hot, then Nebraska's probably in trouble. And I think there are two of them down the stretch for Nebraska. One is C.J. Wilcher, and the other is Eli Rice, getting healthy, what he brings athletically. Which of those two guys do you think could play a bigger role against Penn State on Saturday? I, I would say as it as it looks right now, 
I would say probably CJ. Now I I would I would look down the road as you get, you know, the athleticism, the competition levels go to a whole nother sphere. I, mm-hmm. I would look at Eli Rice. Um, obviously he hasn't gotten the time in the minutes. I think it's still a lot of it has to do with his defensive um his 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 acumen on defense, his kind of stands yeah. around a lot, uh gets caught on screens a lot, plays kind of a lot upright. They're, they're, you know, he's young. You know, he just a lot of young guys don't get the principles um that you need, especially with a defensive minded team. Now, he would have went somewhere else, maybe Red St. John's or someplace where they're just kind of running and gunning some fun time and you get out there, not really worried about your defense. I just want you to be aggressive and attacking the rim. Do what you do. Yeah, that would have worked for Eli. I think Eli would be smart to just stick this thing out, learn his product because it's gonna more, it's gonna prepare him more for the next level than going somewhere and being free to have AAU style ball. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm hoping Eli sees the big picture and and sticks it out. You mentioned getting caught on screens. I know it's not Teach Tape Tuesday, but Sam Hoiberg does a pretty good job of not getting caught on screens. I think Marcus has shown Lawrence has shown you know the ability to get over him. Nebraska's wings haven't necessarily always done that. What goes into getting over a screen? Is it just communication? What what goes into getting over screens? Um, it's it's the ability to press and get into the to the offensive player. Like Mm -hmm. if you're off of the offensive player one, it's an anticipation. It's an anticipation of knowing the offense that they're trying to run, knowing where their strength is and where they're trying to go, knowing what your defensive principle is, and then being ready and anticipating the action coming. It's it's when you get caught going late is when you get stuck. Because if you can press, get on that hip, knowing that you're forcing him that way, you can then slide through, step your foot over, hit him on the inside of his hip, and pull yourself through without getting stuck on that screen. And and guys like like you said, those guys do it. And you saw it really well when Chucky was in town and and you know, guys that get after you defensive, they don't get stuck on screens. They don't get caught on screens, and they're able to be there uh, whenever you come off of them. One other note here, um, as we look at offense and defense, really, for Nebraska, Penn State doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot, only 11 turnovers per game. It's not great, but it's also not terrible. You can live with 11 turnovers per game. Penn State forces 15 strict. I think that's a team, especially with a former A-10 defensive player of the year and Ace Baldwin, who's got active hands and active feet. He's going to be a problem for Nebraska. But also Penn State's aggressive, right? You think about uh, what Chaka Smart got going at VCU, his full court press style. That's not what Mike Rhodes is doing, but it's similar sorts of aggression in the half court. Penn State's pretty athletic. They will get after you. So I think this goes back to, again, what you're saying. If we can count the number of one-hand passes by anyone on Nebraska's team on one hand, that's a good thing because Penn State's going to be active. And I think this is a team that's going to be licking their chops for opportunities to jump those passing lanes. You see it. <laughs> if you're not if you're not watching on the stream, you 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 would understand if you were watching on the stream. Let me just say that. It's the streaky mm-hmm. point. Um <laughs> that's it. You made a great point right there. And and uh They've got to um, be very disciplined, mm-hmm. disciplined on what they, how they're running their offense. Don't get complacent and just think that everything's going to be there. 
just know that uh, this is when you've got to know your team and you've got to know who they are and, and how they operate because you, you, you're going to just get an opportunity to just think you're going to throw the ball around the, the, uh, the, around the, uh, the perimeter and just at ease and just whenever you want. No, that's when you're going to get caught slipping. And we mm-hmm. saw what that looks like when they do that. We sure have. I'm going to go to the text line here, Strick. Interesting thought from uh, a man named Ashley at 402-464-5685. He says, maybe this is a hot take, but as I've watched the Nebraska basketball team, I feel like Teddy Allen would be a game changer for this team. We don't really have a guy who we can ISO and go get a tough bucket when the offense stalls. That was exactly Teddy's game. How do you react to that? <sighs> if... <laughs> If you just had that version of Teddy and not the cancerous version part of of Teddy, yeah, you know, okay, mm-hmm. I, I can I can uh, give you that. To be honest, I would probably like the Bryce version mm. of "Go Get a Bucket." That that type of version is just a little bit more not sporadic. It was a little bit more. I, because here's why I really think Bryce, you could you could get him to listen. I think where Bryce kind of went off rails sometimes is when he saw Verge going off rails. Ah, uh, yeah. I think for the most part, Bryce tried to play within the structure of the system and not, but it was just there were so many times where you had Verge would just kind of do something that wasn't part of the offensive scheme, and then you start compounding that. And ultimately the guy who is one of your alphas on the team, all of a sudden he's like, wait a minute now. I ain't got one. Boom. It starts compounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a good, it's not a good op- look to be honest. I'm with you. And I think you can see that in the difference in how Nebraska has used Bryce Williams versus Teddy Allen, right? Teddy, they would ISO in the mid post. They'd give it to him on the way and clear it out, let him go to work. When Nebraska wants to get Bryce Williams a shot, sure, they'll throw it to him in the mid post a little bit. But more often, Strick, they're setting it up with a screen, right? They'll let Bryce curl something, get into that mid-range jumper where he has the option to stop and pop, or if he catches it on the move, he can get going. I think a more Bryce version of Teddy would have been good for Nebraska. But I also think Bryce could use like 10% of Teddy's cojones. Like if Bryce had 10% of Teddy's willingness to see contact, (laughs) willingness to take the game into his hands, I think that would make up for some of the, I can't put my finger on the right word, but there's just a little something missing from, from Bryce sometimes that I think if he just had like 10% more gumption, you know, take 10% off of Teddy, give 10% to Bryce, he'd be about perfect. I I can't even refute that. I I think you're absolutely right. And sometimes you have over, uh, you have an over amount of that type of unction, and then there's a, a lack of it, right? Um, I'm going to be honest. I think Casey Tamanaga has a good middle range of it, you know? Mm. Um, I just don't think he just has the athletic prowess all the time in order to make it happen. But I right. think he has that, you know, that type of confidence. Um, I love that it didn't dissuade him what happened in Northwestern with how they tried to troll him mm-hmm. because he came right back and did it the game after he did, he did it, he did it again. So it's like, I, I love that, but that's what I've always seen uh, from him. Even when mm-hmm. I got to referee him, I was, I was a referee in Eastern Ju- junior college, uh, a lot of games. 
and I got to do, I want to say about three Ranger. He played at Ranger Junior College. I got to do about three of their games. I think one against Collin County. I want to say one was in a tournament somewhere. And then uh, one I think was against maybe Jacksonville or somebody like that. Or it was it was it was another Eastern Junior College team, but uh, I got to see him. And a lot of those players tried to punk him. Mm. A lot of players tried to punk Kase, and he just he would just take it and just give him buckets. <laughs> and I just, that's what I've always loved about him. So when we got him, I knew we had something special. I just uh, I didn't know to what extent they would use him, but. Yeah, he's got a little bit of that, a little bit of both of that. He's pretty unflappable, right? He's he's more emotional, I think, than most guys on the team. Uh, I know he's been teed up, but you don't see like a negative emotion, right? Yeah, he gets fired up. Yeah, he'll speak his mind. But I think Casey has an emotional maturity that I think we underrate just because of how colorful he can be, let's say. Yeah, yeah, I would have to agree with you. I, I, I think the mild manneredness part of him is, is beautiful. I just don't think it could be the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he speaks English. I mean, uh, <laughs> he, when he first got here, it wasn't as great as probably it is now. Um, but he just doesn't have that. You know, what I had had at times is like the willingness to maybe curse out your teammates <laughs> if ah. they're not giving it to you. I mean, like, Again, man, there, there there hasn't been a time that I was so close to quitting playing basketball than watching the first team that I was on. And the way that I play the game is I leave everything on the floor, whether it's practice or whatever. I just I want to compete and I want to beat you. And mm-hmm. to watch us get beat relentlessly and consistently by the second team, I was I mean, I cursed at those guys and I told them, like, I don't effing want to play with any of you. Like I'm done. Like I almost <laughs> walked off the the court and left and you you know there's times where you have to be able to do that and sit in meetings and tell you know guys look man we need the box we got a box right now you know whenever we leave here we're leaving here together you know i don't they don't have no one on on the nebraska team right now that i know they can do that and it's probably case a would have probably been that if it probably wasn't a language barrier Mm-hmm. Um, he probably probably does that in his Jap- Japanese team. He gets on guys because he can. You know, he can communicate a little <laughs> bit better. Um, I don't know who that is. Rink doesn't, you know, show me to be anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Bryce definitely not. Uh, he barely gets in the huddles uh, <laughs> in time. <laughs> and maybe gives you a hand clap, uh, you know, or whatever, a pound or something. Basically. Mm-hmm. It, your boy Hoiberg does it by way of just energy and effort activity. Mm-hmm. Um, Alec may try to do it, but I don't, if, if, if Alec probably tried to come at me with some of that, I'd be like, I don't believe you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, my boy, I don't yeah. believe you, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know if there are anybody's on that team that actually has a meaningful voice that can, can speak to the players and really get them to perk up and pay attention. Not too late with six regular season games and at least the Big Ten tournament to go. We'll definitely be watching Huskers and Nittany Lions at 11 o'clock from Pinnacle Bank Arena. I'll be down there. Give me a follow on Twitter for updates. And then it'll be Nick and I for post game uh, tomorrow after the game. We'll step aside when we get back. We'll have the voice of the Kansas City Royals on the line. Jake Eisenberg. He joins us to talk all things Kansas City Royals in just a minute. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.